This is the message from Connection Community Church for January 26th, 2020. 2020 Unfocused. Well, good morning, Connection Church. This morning we finished our series 2020, in which we're not only celebrating the new year, but trying to see things with a, bit, a little bit clearer vision. This morning our focus on being unfocused. Good morning, Connection Church. Thank you so much for coming today. We're just honored that you chose to set time aside to spend it here at Connection and to be with Jesus. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who've been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Before we get started, we just want to share, we are so excited about Sunday on Monday that starts on Monday March 2nd. It's a, it's a third worship experience, so it's a weekend experience. Not, it's not like the, you know, this little worship service over here. It's same worship, same message, different day. So it's a great opportunity for those of us who might be traveling on weekends or, you know, there's sports stuff or you just have to work to come on Monday night. And it gives people who haven't found Jesus yet, another chance to sh just show up. Yeah, here's what we're asking from you guys. We're asking for everyone to make a decision, maybe perhaps choose to show up on Monday night once or twice a month. You could switch. Oh, no, you have, I have to switch my Sunday to Monday. Well, it would be helpful or come both times. Um, but we need to seed. We need to get people in the seats so that the people who are not connected with Jesus yet will feel comfortable mm. and they won't be all alone. It's also another opportunity to serve. Mm. So we have a meeting here tomorrow night for the team leaders and those of you who serve on teams. But if you're looking forward to something like this and you'd like to have more information, you can show up tomorrow night at 7 o'clock for a meeting. And we would love to share more about that. All right. Would you pray with me, please? God, thank you so much for today. It is no accident that any one of us are here. Settle us in. Help us remove distractions. Help us have focus on you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So way back before I was a pastor, before I wore glasses, I had this uh, bad twitch in my eye. And uh, um, the office I was working with some students from Salisbury State University, some nursing students came over and gave us like, preliminary kind of eye exams as part of their curriculum, and my nurse said, you need to go see an eye doctor. I said, okay, because I'd been having this twitch anyway. I thought, okay, I'm going to see what's wrong with this twitch anyway. So I go through the exam. I find out that I've got, uh, I've got what's called, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm nearsighted. So that, what that means is I see things near clearly, but far away, uh, kind of out of focus. And, and coupled with that is I had something called an astigmatism which is also causes blurry vision, eye strain, squinting, et cetera. So I had two different things that were causing me to have trouble focusing. And the thing was, I didn't even realize I was having this trouble. All I knew was my eye was twitching. So anyway, I got these glasses, not these, because these are even, my eyes are even worse now. I've got progressives. They were single vision things. And I, I, I like put them on, and I mean, the instant I put them on, I could realize my eye had been like, like that in a knot working so hard to try to focus, and as soon as I put the glass on, it's like, ah, I went on vacation. 
You know, it just relaxed. It was so incredible, the difference. And I realized what was causing the twitch and everything. They were working overtime to try to focus on what I was trying to look at. Focus isn't important just in terms of vision, though, is it? It's important to be focused in life, to be able to stay on task, to zero in, to, to not be distracted. It's not always easy, especially when life gets difficult, when it gets overwhelming at times, when even the everyday tasks uh, uh, have some difficulty, perhaps even overwhelming due to some changes, changes in health, changes in job, changes in family, you name the change. Like the old expression, you know, it's, uh, it's not easy to drain the swamp when you're up to your waist in alligators. Focus is not always easy. It's like the first camera that we had. Awesome camera. This is like, I got this for Alan 40 plus years ago. Yeah. And in this camera, you have to manually focus Smile. each and every shot. Now, generally, it was not a problem, uh, but for a quick shot, it was a challenge not having the time to focus properly, kind of like life. Sometimes it's hard to stay focused when we're in a hurry, when everything is spinning so quick, when there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. It's easy to get distracted. It's easy to get sidetracked. Yesterday, I was sitting at the kitchen table, and I was working on like four different things at once. And I had all these tabs open on my computer, and I realized I wasn't being productive in any of it because I just had a focus issue. Sometimes it's hard to stay focused, and it's really not our own fault. Now, that particular instance it was because I just wasn't. But things, life, sidetrack us, and they cause us to become unfocused. Life just takes over. Mm. Or it may be a challenge to stay focused just because of the way we are wired. A few years ago, I was having some, some challenges with my memory. I mean, Carrie would say, well, I just told you that Wednesday. And it wasn't just like vague. It was like a black hole in, my, in there. You know, it was like, really? It was like she could have told me anything. And uh, maybe she did. But anyway, um, so I thought I better check this out because I was thinking I had like early Alzheimer's. I mean, I was, uh, geez, like in my 40s, I think it was. And so I go to this... Uh, this psych guy up in Wilmington, he's the psych guy that does testing. We did an all-day of tests. Of course, all day I'm just trying to figure the tests out, rather than what's going on with them. And anyway, at the end of the day, he says, I don't think you have early Alzheimer's. I don't think you have a, 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 a growth of a tumor in your brain or anything like that. You might be mildly ADD. <laughs> well, that explains everything. <laughs> that, all these things in my life are making sense. I wish I'd known that earlier, you know. Uh, that's why sometimes I'm focused on one thing. It doesn't take much for me to, to refocus over here, you know. And, and Carrie and I used to share an office in the old church. And, uh, and oftentimes I had a second office, the, the, the finance office, because I would just get distracted. It wasn't that she was doing anything particularly distracting. Uh, maybe, I tried sometimes. Yeah, well, that's a whole other story. But um, it's just the tiniest little things. If I'm really trying to focus, like writing a message or something like that, little noises or whatever, it's, it's a real challenge for me not to get diverted. If I worked, how many of you work in an office with cubicles? Oh, my gosh. I, I'd have to get another job because every little sound in the next cubicle, or I'd have to have earplugs in. I'd be, I'd be going crazy. Um, and so it's important to realize to truly be focused. We sometimes, for me, I need to get away from the distractions. I've got to 
zero in, so to speak, uh, uh, and uh, take the time necessary to really zero in. So I just want to say the other thing that the test revealed, which was the real problem with the memory issue, was that he wasn't sleeping over a period of months. People, if you're not sleeping well, it really messes with your body, so get that checked out. And he's sleeping well, and his... Once in a while, I even remember things now. He does. Go figure. He does. So... A few years ago, I gave Alan this really awesome yeah. new camera that has autofocus. Yeah. Now, he just has to point and shoot, and it takes care of focusing for him. It makes it so much easier. But even that is not fail-safe. Sometimes it focuses on the wrong thing. For example, we were at our grandson Jacob's um, baseball game, and Alan's focusing, you know, there's the fence, and then Jacob's way out there, and he's focusing, but it's the fence that he sees, not Jacob. So he had to adjust that autofocus. Sometimes it doesn't focus on what we want it to focus on. You know, don't you sometimes wish we had autofocus in our lives? You know, to, to help us focus in the midst of the kind of dizzying chaos around us. But that being said... Just as with the camera here, the autofocus, it wasn't a guarantee when I was shooting Jacob on the field through the fence. In life, it's still possible to be focused, but focused on the wrong things. Um, the question is then, how do I know just exactly which things in life deserve my focus more than others? The Apostle Paul, who wrote much of the second part of the Bible, the New Testament, he gives some direction to us here when we look at his letter to the church at Colossus. Bible scholar William Barclay tells us that this church at Colossus, uh, they, there were false teachings going on there, and, and, and they were getting in the way of that church being focused on what it should have been focused on. And so Paul's letter to the church is basically divided into two parts. First, a doctrine section that uh, clearly stating the supremacy of Jesus Christ. And then the second section that deals with how we should conduct ourselves, kind of rules for holy living, rules for keeping a uh, Christ-centered a household, you know, what to focus on in our lives. Here are some verses from what Paul shares in that second uh, section of that, of, that, of that chapter. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. So, you know, we might not feel like we're focused on some of the stuff that Paul's talking about here at times, but on the other hand, sometimes we may be, and, and we might not even realize it. You know, we live in a culture where we're bombarded with, with images and with ideas and with information, and we're especially bombarded with uh, sexual images all the time, billboards, magazines, TV, movies. It's just, it's almost constant. 
and, and it can easily divert our attention from where it should be. And gentlemen, especially, you know, we're visual beings. And those, those, those visual things, those, those pictures, those images, uh, we have to be extremely careful because they will distract us to no end. And how often do we say things that are hurtful, either to someone or about someone? You know, sometimes when I say things, I mean, it's out of the toothpaste tube and I can't get it back in. I know that's true for some of us. It's so easy for us to get focused on the wrong things. And um, Satan just wants to knock us off course to completely mess up our focus. And on the other hand, I'm having a focus issue right now. <laughs> on the other hand, Paul shares where our focus should be. Check this out. This is the rest of the Colossians passage. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, let's say this part together now. Above all, Clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace, and always be thankful. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. And then Paul uses an interesting image here. It's kind of like, how are you going to start to you? You want to take a shower, brush teeth, and then you go to the closet and you pick out what you're going to wear, right? Unless you're one of those that does it the night before. But okay, if you do it, whenever you do it, choose clothing. When you clothe yourself, focus on love. Clothe yourself in love. Choose that as how you're going to present yourself to the world. Because that binds us all together in perfect harmony. Let, let the message of Jesus Fill your life, not just be an occasional part, fill your life. Wow, that's the key right there, isn't it? When it comes to focus, focus on Jesus. What he said, what he did, what he told us to do, how he lived his life, how he told us to live our lives. Uh, old thing from years ago, it's ancient now, but it's still not a bad thing to keep in mind, WWJHMD, what would Jesus have me do? In other words, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do here? How do you want me to approach this? Where do you want me to look? What do you want me to do? Um, if we can constantly keep that question in front of us, what would Jesus have me do throughout the day? And not just the question, but actually answer the question prayerfully. Christ, what do you want? And try to listen and think about where would Christ want you to act? How, how can you make Christ-centered decisions what to say, what to do, then it's a pretty good shot that we'll be focused on where we should be focused. Amen? Amen. So in the Bible, in the New Testament, it starts off with Matthew. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's the story, the ministry, and the life of Jesus. So in Matthew chapter 14, we are told about uh, the time that Jesus was notified that his cousin John... We know him as John the Baptist or John the Baptizer. 
that John had been beheaded. That would really, really be some tough news for anybody, you know, to find out that somebody had uh, died, but especially in that tragic, brutal way. So when Jesus heard this horrific news, he, he withdrew. He, he withdrew and got in a boat. I mean, he was really trying to get away to a solitary place with his disciples. Now, somehow, the people in the town found out where he was going, and so you can just see him all running on foot, you know, around the lake or wherever he was to try to find out where he was when, he, when his boat landed. And in fact, when his boat landed, there was a whole crowd of people there. <laughs> Surprise. Can you imagine, though, needing time alone, grieving, and yet being confronted by a crowd, and not just a lot of people, but a crowd in need? So Jesus' response was one of compassion, and they needed healing, and so he healed the sick. It had to be a huge crowd, we're told, 5,000 men in addition to women and children. So after he had healed the sick and I'm sure prayed with them and spent time with them, they were hungry. <laughs> it was time to eat, and so he fed them. You may have heard the story, five loaves, two fish, all those people were fed. Then scripture tells us that Jesus tells his, disi his disciples to get in the boat and head across the lake and that he'll catch up with them later. And so following this, he went up the mountainside by himself to pray. I'm sure he was exhausted both emotionally and physically after hearing uh, the news of his cousin and after feeding that huge crowd and doing the healing and all that had to be draining. It's important to note though what Jesus did when he needed to recharge his batteries. He got off by himself, he got away from the distractions, away from the noise so that he could focus on the source of his strength, his Father in heaven. And he prayed. He prayed. So when evening came, Jesus was in that solitary place alone, and he looked out, and the boat was a considerable distance away from land, and the boat was being battered by waves, and the wind was pretty strong. And Scripture tells us that it was the fourth watch which is like the middle of the night, 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. And so Jesus went out to them. He went out to his disciples on the boat. You may know this story. He walked on water to get to the boat. I just love this story. Now remember what time it is, like 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. That is kind of an eerie time of night sometimes when we wake up. When I wake up and it's 3.30, it's like, oh my gosh, can I even go back to sleep, or I might hear a noise, or I might hear the wind, or all this. But it's kind of a creepy time if we let our mind wander. And so no wonder the disciples were absolutely terrified when they saw him unexpectedly, and they cried out in fear. Of course, they didn't know it was him. They said, it's a ghost. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And then Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. You got to love Peter, don't you? He's such a piece of work sometimes. 
And Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and started walking on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and he began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and called him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? And when he got in the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped Jesus, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Wow. You just think about that whole scene. Think about if you were one of the disciples and you witnessed Peter, Peter like jump out of the boat. We're like, oh my gosh, did you see? He's going to sink. He's jumping out of the boat. Or maybe they're thinking, well, why didn't I do that too? But anyway, it would have been a pretty wild thing when you really put yourself in that story, which is important for us to like enter into the scripture, to relate to it. And so, you know, I think Peter oftentimes gets a really bad rap for doubting. Maybe I'm just feeling a little defensive because I feel like I'm Peter half the time, but I think we shortchange him when we do that. Now, it is true. Jesus does say to Peter, oh, you have little faith, but here's what we want you to know. Even a little faith is enough at times. Even a little faith is enough at times. Jesus says that. So this walk on water story is in uh, Matthew 14. Just three chapters later in 17, Jesus says that if the disciples have the faith as small as a mustard seed, they'll be able to move mountains. You just need to have enough faith the size of a mustard seed. And there's times when sometimes that really feels like all we've got. It's okay. It's okay. So back to Peter. Peter was kind of an impulsive person. And um, when he jumped out of the boat, nobody else did. He had some faith, even a little. Nobody (laughs) else got out of the boat. He got out of the boat, and you can see he's like, walking on water and you know he's got his he's looking at Jesus and then he maybe he thought oh my gosh I'm walking on water and he he lost his focus and he starts sinking maybe he got a little scared he got distracted by the wind the waves and um, he began to sink and that's true but he was the one that jumped out of the boat wasn't he little side note if you want to walk on water you got to jump out of the boat. Yeah. You can't walk on water sitting in the boat there. But he began to sink. And we're focused on Christ. Anything is possible. Like when he was focused on Christ, he was walking on water, wasn't he? Reminds us of Philippians 4.13. Say it with me. I can can do do all all things things through Christ Christ who strengthens me. All things. Doesn't say some things, not a few things. I can do one thing. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But when we get unfocused, when we stop looking toward Jesus, when we allow ourselves to get distracted, what happens? We start to sink, just like Peter when he let the wind and the waves catch his attention and he took it off of Jesus. I can do all things through Christ. Life really has a way of 
taken over of messing with us. I look out and we know some of your stories and I'm sure that there's a hundred more that we don't know. And those of you who are joining us online, we've all got a story and we've all got challenges. And sometimes in varying degrees, life just feels like it swallows us up. A lot of different reasons cause that. It could be an illness either for ourselves that seem overwhelming, we might not get answers, or if, if you're a parent, you know, if, if it's your kid, that just ups the ante in a whole, in a whole different way. And, you know, we want, we want to fix it, and we can't. And, and it becomes really, really hard to focus as much as we want to, it's like, oh my gosh, and our brain, you know, when it's happened in, in my life, my brain just gets, it's really hard. Or how about a situation where you're downsized in your job, no fault of your own, and you've put all your plans here, and next thing you know, it's gone. No fault of your own. You're trying to financially take care of your family, and you're thinking, Oh boy, how does this work? Or how about a relationship? This is a hard one where you're thinking you're going to go through life with, with this person and that person makes a different decision. And it just happens. And um, your dreams, your hopes, everything goes down the tubes. And that kind of thing, these kinds of things happen to people who love Jesus and followers of Christ. We are not exempt. But here's the thing. We get this comfort because we know that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, and it means maybe just getting through the next minute or the next hour or that day. We have a hope that we can hold on to and cling to. And focus is tough during those times because it's like we're on this roller coaster that's turning us upside down and inside out. So what's interesting with Peter is when he took his eyes off of Jesus, when he started to sink, he knew exactly what to do. Because next thing out of his mouth, he called out to Jesus to save him, didn't he? He called out... And so Jesus grabbed him and brought him in. So our question is, what do we do when we get distracted? When we lose focus, when we realize we're sinking? What do you do when your life takes a sudden turn, unexpected turn, as Carrie was talking about? It causes you maybe to lose focus, causes you to have to focus on the things you never had to focus on before. What do you do when life gives you lemons and you just can't find the sugar to turn that into lemonade? It would help if we did what Peter did, wouldn't it? Call in the name of the Lord. Say, Jesus, <laughs> I need help. I just want to say when I don't know what to say, all I say is Jesus. Mm -hmm. When me. I don't know what prayer to pray, all I say is Jesus. And Jesus meets us right where we are. All we have to do is utter the name of Jesus. Allow him to grab you. <laughs> And bring you back in the boat. <laughs> or walk you to the shore. 
Mm. <laughs> Remember the scripture, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, it's often much easier said than done, isn't it? It's often easier to put those scriptures on our lips. <laughs> but it takes discipline to really believe it, to live it, to walk it out. It takes practice. It takes prayer. But you can do it. You can do it. You can stay focused on Christ even in the midst of the most challenging circumstance. And thinking through this, here's, here's an idea to try. Here's a suggestion. Start with the little things. So then you get used to relying on Jesus so when the big things come along. Give you an example. Uh, somebody was talking about some keys this morning. I, I, uh, well, I know what it was. The camera. I, I couldn't find the, the, my old camera here. And I had lent it out to somebody. I double-checked with them that they'd return it. And they had. I was pretty sure. But before I went crazy. So I thought I could not find the camera. I, and I wanted to use it this morning. I couldn't. I finally just had to let it go. I woke up this morning, and I, I knew exactly where it was. Isn't that wild? It's wild. It's like keys. Years ago, I heard somebody say, I lost my keys, but then I prayed to Jesus, and I, I thought, oh, my good golly, don't you think God has better things to do than look for your stupid keys? Oh my gosh. So then two weeks later, I lost my keys. And... <laughs> And I thought about the way in the past I tried to find them, muttering things that I shouldn't have been muttering under my breath. Those things weren't helping find my keys. You know what I'm saying here? I'm not going to get more explicit. So I thought, ah, what do I got to lose? So I prayed, help me find my keys. I had my keys in five minutes. Now, I don't know if God said, Alan, your keys are in the pocket of your winter coat. I don't, or if God allowed me to just calm down enough so that my brain could say, Alan, you know, all I know is I pray to God, and God helped me find my keys. Isn't that incredible? So that was a little thing. You do the little things, trust in God, seek God. God, save me on the little things. So then when the big life-changing, turn-your-world-upside-down things come on, you're used to it. You've tried it. You know God delivered. And if God doesn't deliver on the, the keys, maybe you didn't need them in the first place. That's what I've come to conclude. If, you, if I can't find them, Lord, I guess I didn't need them. But if I do, please help me find them. Work on the small things, preparing for the big challenges of life. Amen? Amen. Amen. So this morning we started talking about glasses, and we talked about cameras. Both have lenses. The lens, each one helps us to focus. They bring things into focus. As Christians, our lenses are prayer, and reading the Bible, and there's a whole bunch of spiritual disciplines that help us, but we want to lift up what we believe are, like, key, you can't even grow in Christ if you don't read the Bible, and if you don't talk to God or listen to what God says. If you're not, anything else, you know, is, is icing, but we got to do this. We've got to. And so, um, each year, I kind of decide what I'm going to do. And two years ago, I read New Morning Mercies. And thank you, Bill, for I know that you gave me a journal and I journaled. And it, it changed my life with that devotion. 
And then last year, I was focused on Priscilla Shire, who's a great teacher, and she gave such practical things and helped me, along with reading the scripture. But I thought, you know what, I'm getting too much into some devotional reading, what other people say, and I need to spend more time direct. So Murray Drummond and Candy last year read the Bible chronologically, and I thought, okay, I'm setting all my devotions aside and that's going to be the icing if I have time. And I'm just going to read the Bible straight. So Alan and I are doing this together every day. It's a lot of reading. But we're up in Exodus every day. And <coughs> it's really helping me see. It's helping both of us see more clearly. We're reading. Now, last night I read about the plagues. That was not really good bedtime reading. And I'm thinking, what do you want to teach me through this? But God does teach us through all of it all of it. But we have to practice in the little things. So I wanted to watch The Crown last night because the, you know, season three just started. And I'm so happy because Alan said, are you done the reading? I'm like, no, I'll fit, do it tomorrow. He goes, let's do that. I'm like, yes, thank you. The little things, just that discipline. Read the Bible. We encourage you to use the Bible, the Word of God, as your primary lens to knowing what God wants for your life and prayer to share your heart with God but allow God to share God's heart with you. That helps us keep our focus. It helps us keep the distractions away a bit and it helps us see what's most important. There's a scripture, uh, Psalm 119, verse 105. It says, God's word is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. God's word is like, you know, it's a dark night and our headlights just see this far. That's like God's word. Just helps us see that far. And we want to see like a mile or two ahead. That's not how it works. We just need, all we need is for God to show us this. And then God shows us the next, and then God shows us the next. This is an awesome reminder. Can you say the scripture again with me? Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. God's word helps us see clearly. That's the good news of the scripture. Let's believe it, and let's live it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for what we've talked about today, um, Matthew chapter 14 and Colossians chapter 3, and this beautiful scripture in Psalms, in Psalm 119, and also we covered the Philippian scripture, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We took a, we had a reminder of Matthew 17, about having the faith just the size of a mustard seed. Lord, I pray that those words fall on fertile soil in this place and on Facebook Live, all of us together, one church, many locations, who are having an encounter with you, Lord. That's the point, to connect with you in the life that you offer us. So we thank you. We thank you for this time. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your gift of life, for focus, and for your presence always. 
We pray all this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.